two precious kids myself. Uh, many of you know them. Their names are Ellie, she's 11, going on 16, and, <laughs> and Noah, who is eight. And both are really sweet. I'm blessed to have great kids, and I love them so much. But as is normal with kids, there are some quirks that go along with parenting. And today I want to talk about my son, who doesn't want to be alone in the house. So we have, I mean, we wouldn't leave him alone, but we have a two-story house. And so if he's upstairs, I have to be upstairs with him. So I have to stay upstairs. I make time to get dressed. I have to take him upstairs to brush his teeth. If he forgets his socks, I have to run upstairs with him to grab his socks. Um, And don't ever, 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 ever suggest going to the basement um, without mom. Because dad is definitely out. We will not do that. Um, He's a great kid and just doing what kids do. But he needs my presence to be with him. To feel safe and to be protected, and to feel comforted, and to feel strong. He needs my presence with him. He wants my presence, and I bring him peace when I'm present with him. And isn't he just like us and God? Do you ever feel scared and alone? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by life's circumstances? Do you ever just need a friend? Those are times when we need God's presence to feel safe and peaceful and protected. And David understood this as well. And so that's what our story is all about today. We can seek and celebrate God's presence while being obedient to him. And so our king today is King David. And we're going to be reading in 2 Samuel chapter 6. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring them up from there, to bring up from there the ark of God which is called by the name, in the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. So we see here that David wants to bring the ark back from Jerusalem. So what is this ark? Is it a boat like Noah's ark? No, it's a box actually made out of acacia wood. It's four and a half feet by two and a half feet. And it's a very important box for the people of Israel. It's like a box of memories. Do you ever go somewhere and save something? Like some people go on vacation and they save a little bit of sand from the beach, or some people save movie tickets, or you might have saved something from a special uh, church service or retreat, uh, um, a bulletin or some notes or a special object. So this this ark is something that people of Israel, it's like a memory box for them. They're storing things that remind them of times when God was present in their lives, when he met their needs and did awesome things. They're storing things that remind them of God's presence. The box is God's throne. It symbolizes God himself. And it is equivalent to God's presence. So the ark was currently being held on a border town. What happened was the Philistines had it for a while. And it caused problems for them because because they didn't follow the rules regarding their ark. So it caused problems for the Philistines. So they didn't want it anymore. And so they sent it back to Israel, but they put it kind of just over the border. So it's just over the border in Israel. And it's not safe where it's at because it's too close to enemy territory. And so... Bringing the ark to Jerusalem would solidify Jerusalem as David's political capital. And so he, um, not only that, but it would show that God's presence is with David. And that's what David wants. So David gathered 30,000 men, enough for a military campaign, and he invites all of Israel. And so we see David's heart here. It's not just a political move for him. The Bible tells us that David is a man after God's own heart. And so David is wanting God's presence in his kingship. He wants God's presence with him while he is king and while he rules. And so he's bringing the ark close to his capital where he can keep it safe and ensure that God's presence is with him. And just like David desires God's presence in his life, so God's presence is something that we seek as well. And that's a good thing. We need that to navigate.
navigate life's ups and downs. David's words tell us in Psalm 105, search for the Lord and for his strength, continually seek him. And Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We need to seek God and all he has for us. We need to seek his presence and his strength in our lives. The people of Israel lived in the wilderness with God's presence every day with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And we can live our lives with God's constant presence as well. So I wonder today, what are we seeking? Are we seeking God in his presence? Or are our hearts distracted on other things? Are we seeking fame or promotions or honor or money or our favorite TV shows instead of seeking God? When I was a teenager, I worked in a hospital in the kitchen. And one day I was working in the dish room, which is a kind of a gross place to work. And it's just work is all it is. And um, I was singing in my head a song, kind of just worshiping God as I worked. And there's a song, some of you may know it, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom my praise is due, I stand in awe of you. And I felt God's presence in that dish room that day. I felt it fall um, and just be present with me. I knew that God was with me, even though I was doing gross dishes and um, just making money to get through the summer. And um, God's presence was there with me that day in that dish room just because I was focusing on him. In Calvary Kids, a few months ago, we were singing some songs, um, doing our worship set. And um, at the end, one of the kids said, I want to keep singing. It's because God's presence was there. That sweet, sweet presence was there with the kids at Calvary Church. And um, I felt it too. I felt just what she was talking about. The other day in my office, I'm listening to worship music, focusing on God. And I felt his presence there with me. Seeking God can be done at church. It can be done in our quiet times or even in the monotony of everyday life. God's presence doesn't mean we will always have our way. But God is present with us in the lost job, the sick family member, the estranged child, the depression, the anxiety, and the boredom of everyday life. At the end of the day, what is important is that God's presence is something we seek. And what we find out next in our story is that while seeking God's presence, David makes a mistake. And we see that God's presence requires our obedience. Let's continue to read in 2 Samuel 6, verse 3. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart. The new cart, sorry, and the ark of God was on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, with harps, lyres, timbrels, systems, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day the place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. So here we see that the people of Israel, they're about to move the cart, led by, they're about to move the ark, led by David. And so they put it on a brand new cart, and they do this out of respect for the ark, right? They're being respectful to the ark, so they get a brand new cart and put it on that. And they start pulling the cart, and then something happens. 
something unexplained, something unplanned, or something shocking happens. The ark tumbles, and Uzzah reaches out his hand to steady the ark by wanting it to fall on the ground. And um, God kills him for doing this. Now, when I first read this, I was confused. And you may be confused as well. Why would God allow Uzzah to die for touching the ark, for helping? He was helping. We teach our kids to help, right? We love helpers. We learn from a young age to help. My son helped someone in the Walmart parking lot, and she gave him $5. We love helpers. So what happened that God struck out against Uzzah? David, being surprised and disappointed and upset and kind of unsure at this point, decides to take a break from his plan, and he leaves an ark at Obed-Edom's house. So what's going on here? Well, David's heart is in the right place. He's seeking God. We talked about how important that is, but he made a mistake. And he wasn't obedient to God. So as you see, there were very specific rules about how the ark could be moved. And only priests from the line of Aaron were allowed to move the ark, were allowed to touch the ark, and he had to carry it on poles. And they hadn't done this. So David missed God's blessing because he wasn't obedient to what God wanted. David desired God's presence, but he was unable to have it because of his disobedience. Uzzah made a mistake by touching the ark. And the people were so excited with this huge event, and I wonder if Uzzah didn't get too excited in the event that he wasn't supposed to touch it, and it caused him to disrespect God's holy object. And does our enthusiasm for God ever cause us to neglect his holiness? Do we ever forget to respect God out of our zeal? Can we become too familiar with God and grow complacent? Do we ever have a vision and try to make it happen in our way and not God's way? David's heart was in the right place. He wanted a good thing. But he needed to do it God's way, and he needed to move the ark the correct way. And so there were consequences experienced by Uzzah and his family. We've talked about wanting God's presence in our lives, but God's presence requires our obedience. The Bible talks about obedience as a way that we can love God, show our love to God. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And in 1 John 1, 6, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commandments, as you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. We used to sing as co- a song as kids, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. We teach kids obedience. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's my debut. Um, <laughs> um, we, um, we teach our kids to obey, and it's important that they obey as, we are, as they are asked. And sometimes, you know, parents can see the whole picture, but kids, sometimes they just see what's in front of them. They just see one tree, and parents see the whole forest, right? They don't see the forest full of trees. And we ask them to obey without always understanding why. And God does the same for us. He asks us to obey without understanding why. He asks David to obey without understanding why and how to move that ark. When I was in college, I went on a mission trip to the Philippines. It was a beautiful place with wonderful people. And... We did crusades at night, so we would um, go and speak to large amounts of people outside. And then at the end of the night, we would pray with people. And so when we would do, we were doing this one night, and my friends and I were pra- praying with a man, and he had a problem with his stomach. So he was wrong with his stomach. And so um, we were praying with him, and our missionary comes over and tells the man, if you will take your bracelet off, God will heal you. And he had a bracelet, and it had charms to, like, evil spirits on it. And he was holding on to that, believing those evil spirits would help him. And here he is asking God for help. And so, so the missionary tells him, you need to ditch these evil spirits 
and God's going to hear you and he knows you're going to do it. And I remember being shocked, just surprised, but you know, here I am, I believe in God and, and obeying him and um, he didn't do it, so he wasn't healed that day. But I know that if he had done it, that he would have been healed. What is God calling you to do? What vision has he given you? Is it to walk with him? Is it to share your faith with someone? Is it to serve at church? So often we know what God wants, but we get a setback, a discouragement, and it's easy to step away from what God has for us. Sometimes our feelings get hurt, and sometimes we can be mad at God, just like David was. Let's not walk away what God has for us. Let's not give up. Let's repent and continue in the way that God has for us. So we seek God's presence. We know we need to be obedient to him, and we can celebrate God's presence in our lives. So we're going to read verse 12 of 2 Samuel about the celebration surrounding the anointing of God. Now King David was told the Lord had, has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him and ran. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites. Both men and women and all the people went to their homes. So God's presence is returning with the ark. After leaving the ark with Obed-Edom, David saw that God was blessing Obed-Edom's house. And he realized the problem wasn't with having the ark. The problem was with how he viewed the ark. So he spent some time figuring out what he did wrong and what he could do right. And then he took his people and he trained them on what to do and gave them the right jobs to do. And he also had made a place for the ark in Jerusalem. So he would have a place to put it when he got there. So now we're ready to return the ark to Jerusalem. And David throws a party. That's right. Imagine a huge parade mixed with a ball drop on New Year's Eve. David created a huge event to celebrate the return of the ark. There was music of all kinds. There was dancing and there was sacrifices. And at the end, he even passed out snacks. <laughs> no party's good without snacks. And I think if he had fireworks, he would have set those off that day. It was such a big event. And um, all of Israel was invited, so it was huge. And David, wearing a linen ephod, which is a priestly garment, he danced. He didn't care who saw him or what he looked like, or what people's opinions were of him, he danced before the Lord and celebrated God's presence returning to Jerusalem. And David celebrated God's presence, and that's an example to us that God's presence is something that we can celebrate as well. It is God's presence in our lives that is his stamp of approval for us. Like him being with us gives us strength for each new day, each new challenge, and each new relationship. We can see from David's life that he sought after God and his presence that day. He did so much, so much work to create a huge celebration to celebrate God. And so my question is, are we celebrating God's presence in our lives? David said he would become even more undignified for God. And when was the last time we celebrated God with abandon? 
of our concern for what others think. It's like raising your hands in church. The first time you do it, you feel a little awkward, right? You think, who's watching me? Who's looking at me? But eventually you don't care what other people think, and you just raise your hands and worship God. Or for me, um, when I first started a kids' ministry, um, learning those actions for those songs was not easy. I was a teenager, and you know how teenagers are so concerned about what they look like, right? And um, it was hard to get over that embarrassment. But um, I learned in time that ministry was not about what I looked like to others or what others' opinions of me are. It's about serving God and doing what he wants me to do. So how do we celebrate God's presence? Well, there's lots of ways. Our lives themselves can be a celebration of God's presence. How we act, do we show the fruits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our everyday lives. How we treat people celebrates God's presence because we're showing his presence by how we act. Are we sharing our faith, telling other people about Jesus and what he's done for us? Are we teaching them who he is? We can share God's presence by sharing testimonies from our lives in our church about um, about God and his goodness. Are we loving people with Jesus' love? I think the love that God gives us is um, impossible to imagine. It never stops. It never ends. It runs after us. It goes the extra mile. Are we loving others well? Are we having a sacrificial love and showing them God's love? Are we reading our Bible every day? Reading our Bible every day is part of celebrating God's presence. Are we praying every day? Are we spending time in worship? When we do those things, we spend time in God's presence, and we can celebrate his presence by spending time in his presence. Are we attending church regularly? Hopefully you are. You're here today, so that's a good start. Um, but regular church in, church attendance is important for celebrating God's presence. Um, that we are together as a body, and we celebrate God's presence together as a body. Are we serving? We celebrate God's presence by finding a place to serve. There's lots of places to serve at Calvary. Um, whether you like kids or you like to clean or you like to build things or whatever it is, there's a place for you at Calvary. And we can celebrate God's presence by providing a place for other people to celebrate God's presence, by helping them celebrate God's presence. We can celebrate God's presence every day by simply following him and being in his presence. I'd like to call the band back up. We've talked today about seeking and celebrating God's presence while being obedient to him. And David is an example of someone who wanted God's presence in his life. In fact, this story shows so much about David wanting to serve God. Saul, who had lost the ark, was concerned about what was on the outside. And in doing so, he lost his kingdom. Because of this, we see how important it is for David to be obedient to God in the return of the ark. The return of his presence and to show that God was with David. David longed for this. He didn't want to follow Saul's example of disobedience. So David sought God's presence. He brought the ark to Jerusalem, and David sought to correct his disobedience and did so because his heart sought after God, and David celebrate, celebrated because there's nothing better than God's presence in your life. And so we should, so what should you take away this morning? Well, I hope that you have a renewed desire to seek after God, to truly seek him. For David, that meant moving an ark with an entire country. For you, it might mean taking time out of your busy day. It might mean finding a renewed passion for God. It might mean studying God's love for you. It might be mean finding a creative way, a new creative way to celebrate God and to seek Him. Hope you're obedient to God and His Word, that you're following Him, even the tough things, even the rigid things. 
even the seemingly insignificant things, I pray that you find a place of obedience today. I would love to celebrate together God's goodness in our lives, his presence that brings so much joy and hope and peace. Let's share it with our friends and live our lives with God's presence on the inside and showing on the outside. Our lives can be pretty full and pretty challenging, but I think if we seek God's presence and remain obedient to him and celebrate his presence, that we'll find our way. God's help is always with us. I pray that you will seek and celebrate in our day and today. Let's celebrate today. Can we together while we sing this final song?